0: Hi guys, this is FJ back once again with a short episode of my podcast. So today, once again, we are going to talk about Israel. We are going to talk about Gaza and the situation you know currently that is uh, that is developing in that region. Um, so as we all know that uh, you know these uh, jihadist uh, militant groups based in Gaza, they've been launching IED balloons into Israel and. Uh, you know, there's, there's this impression among some uh, very dumb people that uh, these IED balloons are actually a laughing matter and, you know, Israel is overreacting and shouldn't retaliate against these, uh, you know, IED balloon launches. Um, well, if you think that these IED balloons are a laughing matter, then I have to disagree with that kind of uh, really, uh, I don't know, really dumb uh, uh, thinking because, um, you know what, these, these IED balloons, they are actually not a laughing matter. Uh, that's uh, I mean that's something that we need to understand, um, and uh, I mean we call them IED balloons because they are essentially um, balloons attached with IEDs, okay, and um, they are they are basically designed to explode, um, uh, you know, at a certain point, and. Um, Different uh, triggering mechanisms are used in these IED balloons. Um, some of them are you know, rigged with uh, hand grenades. Um, the others are, uh, you know, are rigged with some other kind of explosive material. Um, but uh, all of these balloons are uh, designed to uh, explode at one point. So, for example, um, you have a bunch of IED balloons you know, landing in your um, backyard. You know the garden in your backyard, um, and uh, so basically your garden can be can be set on fire, and your whole house can be set on fire eventually, um, uh, if if action is not taken uh, by obviously the the you know the emergency services. So um, um, just very recently, as we all know, that um, an IED balloon uh, landed. Uh, a bunch of ID balloons actually landed uh, in an Israeli city um, and uh, a fire was caused in southern Israel. A fire was caused uh, in a kindergarten, you know. It was, a, it was a school, it was a kindergarten for, uh, for kids and uh, luckily there were no kids present over there at the time. But just imagine, just imagine what kind of damage they would have done if there were kids present in that uh, kindergarten at that time. So yeah, um, these i d balloons can actually do a lot of damage, and they have been doing a lot of damage um, they've been burning um, acres and acres of uh, agricultural land um, and um, of course they, they you know they they haven't um, they haven't um, caused uh, any death so far but uh, but I don't know why why there are people who think that um, just because Israelis are not dying, so they shouldn't react against something. Uh, I don't know why some of these people really want to see dead Israelis for some reason. I, I really don't have any idea. They, they, these are probably GU haters, I, I, I can understand that, but uh, there are some people out there who, who are really um, going miserable uh, just because Israelis are not dying they they desperately want to see israelis dead um and uh, yeah so so here's the thing israel builds itself up it has its uh, you know it has its uh, defense capabilities it has its uh, offensive capabilities um and so on on the other hand um palestinians thanks to their corrupt leadership um they did not build themselves up and they 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 you know I mean, they have these uh, these lousy rockets that they fire from Gaza, and and a lot of times these lousy rockets they actually f- you know fall within Gaza, and they end up hurting Gazans instead of Israelis. I mean, that's the kind of thing that we are talking about. So um, th- these these militant groups based in Gaza, they are not just a threat to, to Israel; uh, they're also um, the threat to. Uh, they're also a significant threat to uh, Gazans living in Gaza. So uh, the point is that we, we really can't blame Israel for being able to defend itself in a much better way as compared to Palestinians. Um, really can't do that. I mean, that would be insane to do. Okay, um, and. Uh, But yeah, like I said, there are obviously some people out there who desperately want to see dead Israelis, you know. Um, And um, you see, the thing about these IED balloons is that they do not differentiate between um, a civilian and a soldier, right? These IED balloons do not differentiate between a child, between a woman, between a man, or between an elderly person. Uh, these IED balloons do not differentiate between a kindergarten or a military base or a hospital. Okay, so that's the thing. Uh, this is why we call Hamas um, and all those, uh, you know, all those militant groups based in Gaza, that's why we call them terrorist groups. Um, just, Just ignoring for a moment that Hamas and, you know, some other... Groups based in Gaza, they are actually designated terrorist groups. Um, even if we ignore that for a moment, the reason we call these uh, groups terrorist groups is because they do not differentiate between an Israeli civilian and an Israeli uh, soldier. They do not differentiate between an Israeli woman and a man or a child. As long as it is an Israeli, they want to see that person dead. You have to understand that these IED balloons, which are launched from Gaza, they enter Israel and they land wherever they land okay These are not precision missiles that are you know that are being fired just the same way these lousy rockets that are fired by by Hamas and by other militant groups from Gaza. Um, those rockets too they are fired indiscriminately um, they, these militants they are not targeting any Israeli military base they are not targeting any um, Israeli uh, military vehicle or an Israeli um, military check post no they are simply firing these rockets into Israeli cities indiscriminately and they don't care they don't give give a rat's ass that you know where that rocket, ends up hitting, right? That rocket could hit a hospital, it could hit a school, it could hit a library, it could hit a museum, it could hit pretty much anything. They don't care about that, right? So so this is why we call these groups terrorist groups. Now, on the other hand, Israel actually Israeli army goes through a lot of pain, you know, for those who don't know this, because obviously there's this... Um, <clears throat> Segment of people out there, especially in the Muslim world, who think that Israel is uh, inherently evil. When that's just not the case. Uh, So, Israeli army actually goes through a lot of pain. And I mean a lot of pain. Um, And when I say the word pain, I mean they put in a lot of effort, time, as well as money. Into making sure that you know, whenever they are uh, launching these um, strikes in Gaza, there are um, there are as um, you know, as fewer uh, civilian casualties as possible. Okay, so. Uh, whether it's a drone strike, whether it's an airstrike, you know, through a through a fighter jet, whether it's an airstrike through a helicopter, um, all of these strikes that are carried out in Gaza by by the IDF, um, they actually go through. A lot of uh, pain to make sure that uh, these are uh, you know these are very targeted pinpointed strikes and uh, only military targets are hit and um, they, they also try to make sure uh, that uh, you know there's minimum chance of any civilian casualty right so turn this around and just imagine if it, if it was you know the palestinian leadership it was if it was the palestinians who who were you know um, who were in israel's uh, shoes you know and if they were uh, launching these uh, strikes you know um, do you really think they would be this careful no no absolutely not um, so so no uh, you know we have to really understand that uh, we really cannot draw a moral equivalence between Israel and between these terrorist groups because these terrorist groups they do not differentiate between a military target and a civilian target, while Israel, whenever it launches these uh, these airstrikes in Gaza, they they actually try to make sure. Uh, that um, you know, there's no civilian casualty and there's no uh, you know civilian collateral damage of any kind. Of course, I'm not saying that mistakes do not happen. Sure, mistakes do happen, um, and sometimes things go wrong. Okay, this is this is the reality of war. War is a terrible thing. Okay, war is terrible for for all sides involved in it. There's no denying that, but the, but the point that I'm trying to make is that there's one side which intentionally targets civilians, and there's the other side which goes through a lot of pain to make sure that only military targets are hit. And so there is no moral equivalence between these uh, two sides. Some people, uh, you know, they, they sell this narrative that Israel is inherently evil. And you know, I say to them that nobody is inherently evil, just like nobody is inherently good, okay? All of us basically exist somewhere in between, you know? We have a lot of good stuff in us and we also have some bad stuff in us, right? But, but the terrorists who do not discriminate between a child, between a woman, between a military target, i think those terrorists you know it's safe to say that these terrorists are inherently evil if if there's a side which is inherently evil it is these terrorists other than these terrorists you know israelis and palestinians both the people on both the sides of the conflict they are not inherently evil okay they're just trying to live but it is these terrorist groups. Now, just ask yourself, what really are these terrorist groups gaining? What are they gaining by launching these IED balloons and, you know, these rockets from Gaza? Because, most, you know, more recently we saw these uh, rocket launches also, um, you know, from Gaza. And obviously, Israel retaliated against those uh, rocket launches. So, <clears throat> so, again, ask yourself, what are they really gaining from it? They're not gaining anything from it. Um, Palestinians are suffering because of this kind of attitude, that's one thing, but they're not gaining anything out of it, Um, except this is a blackmailing tactic as far as these uh, militant groups, including Hamas, are concerned. You see, Hamas wants that sweet, sweet Qatari money, and Hamas will will, will go to any length to get its hands on that money, basically. You have to understand that. you have to understand how corrupt are Hamas leaders, okay? These are people who have villas in Qatar, uh, who have these expensive apartments in, 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 you know, uh, multiple European countries. And so these people are extremely corrupt people, okay? And they want that Qatari money, and Israel has been blocking that Qatari money so far. So they're basically trying to blackmail Israel into allowing, you know, uh, the flow of Qatari money into Gaza. So today we heard that a Qatari envoy will be traveling to Gaza to, um, to negotiate with Hamas and with other uh, Gazan uh, militant factions. Um, you know, this Qatari envoy will be traveling to Gaza um, in the coming week. Um, but till then, we expect to see you know, this back and forth uh, between Israel. And uh, uh, Gaza-based, uh, you know, uh, militant groups. <clears throat> That's something that will continue to happen um, until the time you know. Uh, if if actually Qatar succeeds in convincing Hamas, we will see if that happens. Although in the past Qatar has succeeded at multiple occasions to you know reason with Hamas, but. Um, I don't know. I don't know even if like Qatar can actually afford to sustain this kind of situation. Because seriously, how long? For how long are you going to allow Hamas to blackmail you? I mean, at one point, surely you gotta say that you know enough is enough. I mean, seriously, for how long uh, does this go on? So anyway, um, we'll see. We'll we'll see um, where this goes. Um, there 's one one more thing I just want to say that um, there are a lot of people out there who think that you know if if one day um, Israel uh, gives away um, you know uh, the Palestinian state to Palestinians, there will be peace um, I think we we need to re- revisit that uh, that line of thought i think I personally think that we should. Revisit that line of thought because uh, you know, when Israel evacuated uh, from uh, Gaza in 2005, what happened after that? Hamas took over, and uh, the gift that Israel was given for um, unilaterally uh, disengaging from Gaza was the gift of Hamas. And Israel is suffering um, because of that decision, because of uh, the decision to pull out of Gaza to this day. So, do you really think that there is uh, there is any support for that kind of thing anymore in the Israeli public? I don't think so. So, so we re- really need to ask ourselves that uh, you know, uh, what is the solution? And I think the solution for me, you know, as far as I can uh, imagine. Um, the attitude within the Palestinians it needs to change. Uh, you see, Palestinian leaders—they uh, have been pampered a lot by you know by the whole world basically. Um, Muslim world supports Palestinian leaders without any conditions. They basically support these Palestinian leaders who are intensely corrupt people, by the way. They are supported unconditionally by, you know, by these uh, countries in the Muslim world. Now, then there are Western countries who also support the same leaders, um, with some minor conditions. Okay, they are actually not, you know, much. They are actually not much conditions. They are just like very minor and very few conditions. Okay, so I think that has to end because it is this unconditional support for uh, this um, intensely corrupt Palestinian leadership that has basically corrupted them to the point that um, they know that if they actually go for peace then you know a lot of these donations these billions and billions of dollars in donations um, that by the way not just come from uh, governments they also come from uh, these uh, charities, private individuals and so on. So these billions and billions of dollars in donations, Palestinian leadership knows that it will end if they actually achieve the, the goal of you know, getting the Palestinian state for themselves. All those donations will end. So they know that they have to perpetuate this conflict for as, as, as long as possible because they are addicted to this unconditional support which again like I said it has corrupted them to an unbelievable extent I would say. So I think it is time for the world to end its unconditional support for Palestinian leaders so that these palestinian leaders feel some pressure on themselves that you know we cannot go on like this forever we cannot perpetuate this conflict forever and ever we have to say that you know there i mean there has to be an ending point to all of this right it has to end at some point so so yes that pressure is very necessary to apply on the palestinian leadership um, and of course, when Palestinian leadership will feel that pressure, they will you know, transfer some of that pressure um, below them to the Palestinian public, which also needs to realize that uh, since you are the losing party, you don't get to dictate you know, the terms of peace to Israel. You know, um, there are still people out there who, who still foolishly think that um, Israel will accept the Arab peace initiative. That is not happening. Look, Arabs are the losing side. When was the last time you heard that there were wars? Not one war, multiple wars. There were wars imposed by one party. Let's say Party A. Uh, party A is imposing multiple wars on Party B, and then Party A loses all those wars, and then Party A comes up and says that, hey, you know what, Party B, we have these, uh, you know, these proposals for peace. You know, let's let's talk about the proposals that we came up with not you but we came up with and you know we should agree on these proposals no that's that's bullcrap that is not how world works okay arabs are the losers they are the losing party they lost every goddamn war they imposed on israel so if anybody out there foolishly thinks that you know uh, israel should or would uh, accept this arab peace initiative no that's not gonna happen okay that that's simply not going to happen. Arabs will have to learn to compromise okay you cannot be a loser and a chooser okay that's not how the world works okay so and I do think that you know many Arab states have realized that um, they do realize that Israel will never accept the Arab peace initiative and arabs um and Palestinians, obviously, who are also Arabs, you know, it's it's just an uh, identity that they have basically hijacked. They are essentially Arabs. Um, but yeah, just to be, you know, just to be able to say that, hey, look, we are different than Israelis, you know, they, they call themselves Palestinians. Um, although Palestine was a, you know, it was the uh, it was a name of a historical uh, place just like we refer to um, you know the whole region of indian subcontinent by that name uh, and that name is a historical name as well the name of indian subcontinent just the same way palestine was actually a historical name of a place and it uh, just uh, you know it, it not only included um what is today israel it not only included what is uh, what is today um palestinian territories it, it actually included more area than that so so yeah uh but yeah anyway uh, the thing is that um, palestinian leadership needs to realize that um you know the mood is changing the mood in the muslim world especially in the arab world it is changing and uh they must either learn to embrace peace or they must prepare for the worst and the worst includes losing their closest allies. Okay. Um, so just like we saw in regards to UAE and we should remember that UAE is one of the top donors to Palestinian cause by the way historically speaking. Um, just like they lost UAE uh, they are going to lose more and um, and it's a good thing because there needs to be some pressure on Palestinian leadership. Um, they cannot be unconditionally supported anymore. Um, so yeah, I really hope that countries out there, uh, really, you know, uh, the governments in these countries, especially in the Muslim world, they get back in their senses and you know they realize that um, how bad uh, you know. Uh, how bad uh, has their um, unconditional support been for the Palestinian public, you know, the the, the average Palestinian out there who just wants to live uh, with dignity um, and uh, who just wants to have their own state. Uh, How bad this unconditional support for the Palestinian leadership has been for an average Palestinian. Um, Once these governments realize that, you know, I'm sure um, their views will change and they are already changing so that's a very good thing anyway guys um, this is it for today uh, let's hope that things really calm down between israel and between hamas um, slash other um, militant groups based in gaza um, uh, but we'll see where that goes and we will definitely follow up on that anyway guys take care uh, i'll be back very soon bye